Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lawmaster Program. The AVB's predictions regarding the coming of the Lord God are fulfilled in the man, Tommy L. Hart. This is big, big news. The Bible's Lord God has come as predicted. But not only has the Lord God come, he has also come forward and revealed himself. He has told the people his name in compliance with Psalm 94, 1 and John 7, 4. Having performed the works that the Bible ascribes to God, the man Tommy L. Hart fills the bill for God. It is reported by those who know him best. He has done all things well. Let's hear from the Lord God, Tommy L. Hart. Gorgeous is on exhibition. In this episode, I will bring forth statements from Plato's gorgeous dialogue, and at times I will also present statements from the King James Bible. These things will show a solid, sound relationship between the two. That is, between Gorgeous, the dialogue, and King James Bible content. So I have many, many statements that I want to get in or want to deliver uh, in this episode, so I will get with it. This statement, as well as the others, comes from Gorgeous, the dialogue. All right? The first statement here from Gorgeous says, he shall exhibit to you. Now, that statement, as well as the title, tells exactly what this episode is about. Plato's Gorgeous is on exhibition. And he says that he shall exhibit to you. The he is a reference to the Lord God. We know who he is. He shall exhibit to you. The Lord God will now put on exhibition statements from uh, Plato's Gorgias. So the statement is true there. He shall exhibit to you. He shall manifest things to you. He shall present things to you. Uh, he shall bring things in view to you. Things coming from the gorgeous dialogue. All right. The statement is true. I am doing that now. All right. Now, statement two. Here's a question from gorgeous. Will he answer our questions? I say to you, obviously there are questions. There, there are more. There are questions in the gorgeous dialogue. There are questions also in the King James Bible. Now the question asked in gorgeous, will he answer our questions? And we'll get to maybe at least one of the questions, maybe more, but we'll see if the Lord God answers their questions. 
the question is asked, will he answer our questions? I want to hear from him what is the nature of his heart. That's gorgeous. I want to hear from him what is the nature of his heart and what it is which he professes and teaches. He may defer the exhibition to some other time. Well, the exhibition is not deferred to some other time or later time. The exhibition is going on now. But he has he says he wants to know what is the nature of his art. My art has to do with truth. Knowing knowing the truth. The Bible asks the question, what is truth? What it is which he professes and teaches. I profess and teach the knowledge of the truth according to the King James Bible. The King James Bible was discovered to be a book of the dead. God has raised that book of the dead, and now that book of the dead is become the book of life. Four from Gorgeous. There is nothing like uh, there is nothing like asking him. <laughs> there is nothing like asking him. Asking who? Asking the Lord God. Five. And indeed, to answer questions is a part of his exhibition. I have already answered one question. What is the nature of the art? What is the art? That's what I answered. The art is that of teaching, professing and teaching the knowledge of the truth according to the book of life the King James Bible. And I want you to get that, that the book of the dead is now become the book of life. And the book of life is spoken of in the King James Bible. I'll need to get to give you more information on that. I I hope to do that uh, pretty soon. But the book of the dead is now the book of the life the book of life. And indeed, to answer questions is a part of his exhibition. And that he would answer. Well, in in my dialogue, not in my dialogues, but in my archives, Lawmaster's archives, you'll see where I have answered many questions, solved many problems that were found in the book of life, the King James Bible. And notice he says that to ask a question is a part of my exhibition and uh, it's a part of my work. 
to answer questions. Therefore, they bring up the idea of uh, will he answer our questions? And truly, I have answered questions coming from the King James Bible. Now, you know that the King James Bible and the uh, gorgeous dialogue are related. There is a strong relationship, strong, close, sound relationship between the two. That is between Plato's dialogue, gorgeous, and the content of the King James Bible. They are closely related, as can be seen in this exhibition. Six, I will ask him, gorgeous, the dialogue says, I will ask him. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, ask, and it shall be given. Seven, gorgeous, what shall I ask him? Eight, ask him who he is. Isn't that something? What shall I ask the Lord God? Okay, the him is God, the he so far has been the Lord God. Uh, what shall I ask him? Ask him who he is. So the question is to me, who are you? Which question I have already answered before. All of that is in the uh, Lawmaster's archive. But let me answer that again here in the exhibition. Ask him who he is. Look here. Acts chapter 9 verse 5 says to the Lord God, who art thou, Lord? So we have in gorgeous a, com a command saying, ask him who he is. And the King James Bible Ask that very thing in Acts 9, 5, who art thou, Lord? So we know who the question is directed to. It's the Lord. We also know who the Lord is. Mark 5, 9 asks, what is thy name? Remember, Gorgeous has said, ask him who he is. What is thy name? Mark 5, 9. And in John chapter 1, verse 22, the, uh, the question is asked again, who art thou? Who art thou, Lord? Right? All of these questions are directed to the Lord God, and we know who he is. We know his name. We know where he is because I've said so in preceding episodes. So you see the connection. I will ask him, Gorgeous says, Matthew 7, verse 7, ask and it shall be given. The commandment to ask coming from Gorgeous, ask him who he, who he is. And then we have three Bible statements asking the Lord who he is. And we have... Uh, and, of course, I have given that answer already in preceding episodes. But let me make that clear. We know that the Lord God is the man, Tommy L. Hart. That's established. That has been established. 
Now, gorgeous number nine. Do you understand? The question is to me. Yes, do do you understand, Lord God, Tommy L. Hart? Do you understand what's going on? Ken Gorgeous says, I understand. Well, the Lord God understands too because he's going along with the text, whether it's coming from Gorgeous or whether it's, and, uh, whether it's coming from uh, the King James Bible. And he's showing how these two are connected. That's what the Lord God is showing. So that's a question the Lord God has answered. Remember the original question coming from Gorgeous? Will he answer our questions? Doesn't that sense? So I'm hearing the question, I'm receiving the questions, and I'm answering the questions. I understand what's going on. Eleven from Gorgeous, you undertake to answer any question which you are asked. Now, in the gorgeous, in gorgeous, that is a question. I answer the questions that are relevant. Relevant to God, relevant to the truth. So they, they say in gorgeous, you undertake to answer any question which you are asked. Then Gorgeous says, quite right. Quite right. 13 from Gorgeous. I may add. Now, I put that there from Gorgeous because I can add. I can take away. That's my right. That's my right as the Lord God. And, of course, that becomes obvious when you explore the episodes, hear the episodes in Lawmaster Archives. Fourteen. Many years have elapsed since anyone has asked. Now, get this picture. Many years has, have elapsed since anyone has asked. The questions have been there in Gorgeous and in the King James Bible for many, many, many years. All right? Over those years, many, much time has elapsed. The questions were in the Book of the Dead. The Lord God opened that book. He brought that book. He raised that book from the dead. And he is working that book so that the book of the dead has become, indeed, the book of life. But many years have elapsed since anyone has asked. 2 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 says, now for a long season, remember the term many years? Now for a long season, the same thing, Israel has been without the true God. Israel. Not the Israel 
This is not speaking of the Israel in the Middle East. This is speaking about the Israelites. Those Israeli in the Middle East are not called Israelites. They are called just that, Israeli. There's a difference. Israelites are black people. All right? They are called black people now at this particular time. But they have a name. They are Israelites. I myself am also an Israelite. The Lord God is an Israelite. 15 from Gorgeous. Then you must be very ready. (laughs) I have been preparing, okay, for some years. Ready? And and I have been uh, answering questions for a number of years, many years. They say to me, you must be very ready. Now, maybe that is uh, an, an encouragement or a declarative statement telling me I must be just that, very ready. Okay. Uh, number 16 from Gorgeous, what is the matter? The matter I'm working with at this time is the matter of Gorgeous and the matter of the King James Bible. What is the matter? What is the problem? In short, the problem is God's people have been taken into captivity by the Gentiles, alias white people, and they are still held in captivity in their enemy's land to this very day. That's a problem. Another problem, the Lord God is, or let me say, the Lord God has not been known. A part of my work is making known the Lord God, declaring to the people who the Lord God is, working out that problem, making the Lord God known. The salutate, One of the Bible's salutations says, to the unknown God. A part of my work is to make the unknown God known. And that is is still a process. It's a process. I've been been, uh, seeking to make the Lord God known for many years. I'm still doing that. Now, is he known? I would say yes, because there are people who who, who know what I teach who have heard me, who have listened to me, and know very well that I indeed am the Lord God, the King James Bible speaks to and all. Now, <clears throat> from this point on, I want to just read the statements from Gorgeous and maybe just make a statement here and there because as I said at the beginning I have actually I have prepared here 101 statements coming from the gorgeous dialogue 
101 statements coming from uh, the gorgeous dialogue, and, and I want to get them all. So let me just read, okay? All of these, I'll say this now. All of these are statements from the gorgeous dialogue. So I answered the question in part, what is the matter? Because those are not the only two problems uh, that we that we have. One problem I've solved, another problem I've solved already, is showing the relationship between Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content. Before I came, that was a problem because the relationship was not known by many, if any. The close, strong, and visible relationship between Plato's dialogues and King James Bible content was not known. So I have been seeking to make that known. Right? I have 10 books on the matter. Those 10 books are in two forms they are in ebook form and paperback form making a total of 20 books of mine on Amazon.com having to do uh, with this problem and the solution to this problem of uh, the relationship between King James Bible content and Plato's dialogues. I'm still doing a lot of talking, am I? Okay? Number 17, what do you mean? I think the answer I just gave and have been given have been given uh answers that question. What do you mean? I wish that you will be as exact as you can. Now that comes from another dialogue. I put that statement there because gorgeous asks, What do you mean? Now let me move on. I mean what I say, and what I say, I try to be as exact and clear as I can. As Plato has said in the other uh, dialogue, I wish that you would be as exact as you can. Job 33 verse 5 says, if thou canst answer me, set thy words in order. Okay, well, and that I have been doing. Plato, uh, Plato says in his gorgeous dialogue number eight, number eighteen, make trial of me too. Make trial of me. That has been done, and I found that Plato is the chief speaker in the King James Bible. I found that Plato is an icon representing all the gods, all the former gods, all the former Israelite gods of the past. And I think that's a clear statement. Make trial of me too, okay? Number 19, Gorgeous says, you can answer. You can answer. And that's the Job 33, verse 5 statement I just read 
couple of minutes ago, which says, if thou canst answer me, set thy words in order. I'm still in the process of doing that, even as I speak. I'm setting my words in order. And my words are set where you can see them in Lawmaster Archives. Blog Talk Radio, Lawmaster. You pull that up. And, you know, pull pull up my archive, and you can, you can uh, explore and learn from the episodes there. Gorgeous. You shall answer if you like. 20. Gorgeous says, ask. Okay, we've spoken on asking. Ask and you shall receive. All right. 21 from Gorgeous. What ought we to call him? Well, I've given that information already. Lord, who art thou? You remember? Number question eight. Uh, statement X eight from Gorgeous. Ask him who he who he is, and I gave those three statements. Who art thou, Lord? What is thy name? Who art thou? And now they ask the question in Gorgeous, what ought we to call him? Now that pronoun we is very important. Because the we is Plato. As I've said before, Plato is not one individual. Plato is a is an icon representative of all the former Israelite gods. Now I am in that turn Plato being the God of the God of the Israelites. I am now included in the term Plato. The only difference is at this time I am alive. Okay. And one day I will be not alive. All right. I am a part of the term representative of or representing represented by Plato. Number twenty one, we ought to call him. And I have, Lord, who art thou, but I've given that earlier. So let's move on to 22. Our friend Gorgeous is one of the best, and the art in which he is a proficient is the noblest. Let me read it like this, because this is the intent of that statement. I am to read it and exclude the term gorgeous. Now, listen, Gorgeous says, our friend is one of the best, and the art in which he is a proficient is the noblest. He is still talking about the Lord God. He says about him, he is one of the best. Now, the King James Bible says the Lord God cannot be compared. So that term, one of the best, okay? Now, but that is what he had said, okay, here. Our friend is one of the best, and the art in which he is a proficient is the noblest. 
I want to go back to what Gorgeous asked in number 16. He said, what is the matter? I have a statement from Daniel chapter 2, verse 23, that says, thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. I have interpreted the matter of God that is in the King James Bible, and I'm doing the same even right now with the matter that is in Gorgeous. The Lord God is an interpreter of Plato. Now remember what I said about the term Plato. The Lord God, Tommy L. Hart, is an interpreter of Plato. He interprets things in Plato's dialogues as well as things in the King James Bible, the book of life. But with respect to our friend is one of the best, and the art in which he is a proficient is the noblest. I don't think you can get better than God, but that's me thinking. Okay. Now, okay, here's a justification for his use of one of the best. The group he's referring to is the former Israelite God. So then I can understand here where he says about the Lord God, calling him our friend, uh, I can understand why he says he's one of the best. Okay? The gods. One of the gods. One of, one of the best of the gods. And, uh, of course, I have interpreted the matter of King James' Bible as well as some of the matters of Plato's dialogues. I'm turning my page. Moving on to number 23, Gorgeous says, he has not exactly answered the question which he was asked. (laughs) That's what... Gorgeous said, okay? Now, it can be determined whether or not I have answered exactly or not, okay? And I, what they have asked and I have answered, I have answered exactly, right? Keeping in mind what Plato, what Plato has said in another dialogue, I hope that you will be as exact as you can. I don't think I can get much more exact than I have been. Now, uh, Gorgeous says, I would much rather ask you if you are disposed to answer. So what keeps coming up? The thing of asking and answering. That keeps coming up, doesn't it? The thing of asking and answering. Okay. Plato says, Gorgeous says, I see. I see. And I'm showing you things that I see. I'm putting on exhibition things I see in gorgeous dialogue and things in the King James Bible. Number 26, what are we to call you? Wow, that's a direct question, isn't it? And precise, what are we to call you? Isaiah 42, verse 8, gives an answer. It says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And I've given you my name, Tommy L. Hart. 
right? Lord God, Tommy L. Hardy. That's an answer to that question. What are we to call you? I say you are to call me. The people are to call me Lord God. They, are, they can call me Lord God, Tommy L. Hardy. They can call me Lord God Hardy. Lord Hardy. Okay. All right. Moving on. What is the art which you profess? I've dealt with that. Uh, number 27. And will you continue to ask and answer questions as we are at present doing? And it's obvious that that's what they're doing, asking, and I'm giving answers. Okay. Will you keep your promise? One of the promises of God is this. The Lord God will come. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10. The Lord God will come. That's a promise kept. That's a promise of the gods. The, the promises of the gods fall on me. Right? 29, that is what is wanted. Exhibit the shorter method now and the longer one at some other time. He's speaking of shorter and longer. Now watch this. He says here, Gorgeous says, exhibit the shorter method now and the longer one at some other time. I can shorten that statement by saying, exhibit the shorter method now and the longer one uh, later. Later. Later would take the place of at some other time. Speaking of shorter and longer. Making longer, making shorter. Okay, number 30. Use fewer words. And that's what I just did. I just did that, so I'm not going to repeat it. Number 31. I admire the surpassing brevity of your answers. Okay. Thank you, Plato. 32. Gorgeous says, answer me. We've dealt with that. 33. I wrote here, 33 teaches me to understand that of which I speak, but I failed to write the precise statement there, right? Someone can say, then you're not being exact, right? But that's all right. That's all right. I'm being truthful, okay? Moving on, 34. Gorgeous says, you perfectly conceive my meaning. I take your meaning. Now, I did something with this. You perfectly conceive my meaning. I wrote, you perfectly understand my meaning. Uh, and understand is an archaic definition for conceive. So I used other words as well. You perfectly comprehend my meaning, which is also archaic. And then I went to one that is now. You perfectly apprehend my meaning. You perfectly understand my meaning. These may seem like, some of these may seem like frivolous things. 
Okay. Okay. When you get so many frivolous things, they become men. But what are the frivolous things showing? What are they telling us? What am I doing? I'm doing what they what they say do. Being more pre- being precise, exact, uh, even demonstrating, making short or longer statements. That's what we're dealing with. So understand what's going on, because some of the things that they speak, I'm doing. You know, in the now. And you can always come back and re-listen to the episode. Now, 35, you are quite right, Socrates, in your apprehension. Remember I put the word, I used the word apprehend in the preceding one? You are quite right, Socrates, in your apprehension of my meaning. But it's not to Socrates. It's to the Lord God, Tamiel Hart, stating that the Lord God, Tamiel Hart, apprehends. His meaning, he understands what you are saying, what you're asking. He understands what is going on. 36, well then, let me now have the rest of my answer. The Bible says, the King James Bible says, I will also answer my part. 37, and he then would proceed to ask words about what? And I should reply, words about and even numbers. Now, listen carefully to this statement. And I should reply words about and, A-N-D, even numbers. Obviously, you you would see it. There's a word left out. It should be, and I should reply words about odd and even numbers. Now, listen, he goes on, and how many there are of each. The art of calculation considers not only the quantities of odd and even. There we go. That's an affirmation of what I just said, quantities of odd and even numbers, but also their numerical relationship to themselves, to one another. Plato says be as as exact as you can. He gives an an example of inexactness, right? Which anybody could catch. I caught it also. Okay. 38, and now let us have from you, gorgeous, the truth about rhetoric. What it says to me, and now let us have from you, Lord God, the truth. Because that is what I'm responsible for delivering, the truth, delivering the truth to the people. His next statement says, and fulfill all their ends through the medium of words. That is exactly what I do. I fulfill the ends of the former gods through the medium of words. The word ends there, E-N-D-S, is aims, fulfill all their aims, all their intentions. That's what I do. They, the former God said the Lord God will come. Well, here I am. 
the former gods have said he uh, have said he will do all things, do all things. That's what I do. I do all things. Right. And so forth and so forth on that matter. And I wrote there, okay, so Plato says, Gorgeous says, fulfill all their ends or their aims or their intentions through the medium of words. That's what I do. 39, to the greatest, Socrates, and the best of human beings. Wow. What does the Bible teach? Let's leave out the word Socrates. That's, that's an intention of theirs for the Lord God to leave out the word Socrates. And what do we have left? Gorgeous says, to the greatest and the best of human beings. Knowing Plato, you know that he's talking about the Lord God. Matter of fact, he's, he's talking to the Lord God because he says, to the greatest and the best of human beings. So whether he's talking directly to the Lord God or he's speaking to others of the Lord God, the statement is there. And guess what? It's a salutation as well. It sounds just like a salutation to the greatest and the best of human beings. Listen to the, the other salutation, which I mentioned earlier, to the unknown God. To the unknown God, KJB, to the greatest and the best of human beings, gorgeous, by Plato. Moving on, 40, that again, gorgeous, that again, gorgeous, is, am, is ambiguous. Now, I, I gave it some clarity, all right? I clarified the statement. To the greatest, leaving out the word Socrates and the best of human beings, and I said that that is a salutation just like the salutation in the book of Acts. King James Bible, which says, to the unknown God. And they can be read together. To the unknown God, the greatest and best of human beings. The gods think very highly of the Lord God, Tommy Hart. Plato thinks very highly of the Lord God, Tommy Hart. I mean, that's just, I'm explaining what is going on, okay? giving clarity, giving understanding. And in doing so, showing the relationship between the, showing the strong, sound, visible relationship between Plato's dialogue gorgeous here and the King, King James Bible content. Now, this is what I wanted to get to. Remember this, to the greatest and the best of human beings. That's what Gorgeous said. Look what I think Socrates says in this next statement. After he says, that again, that again, Gorgeous, is ambiguous. I am still in the dark. For which are the greatest and best of human things? I believe it's Gorgeous. You can check the record to see. Uh, but whichever one said this, for which are the greatest and best of human beings, 
the first speaker, okay, the first speaker said the best of human beings. Socrates, I believe, is the speaker here, and he thinks that the first speaker said to the best of human things. So Plato responds, I'm still in the dark, for which are the greatest and best of human beings? Well, the speaker didn't say human beings. The speaker said, I'm sorry, Plato says, and the best of human things, the first speaker did not say human things. He said human beings. You get what's going on? Plato teaches be exact, be precise. He, and this is done on purpose, it's on purpose. Plato did not make a mistake. The gods did not make a mistake. Plato, uh, Socrates said, says human things, but the first speaker said human beings. So Socrates got it wrong, didn't he? Okay. <laughs> and Plato said, listen. He said, listen. Right? Now we know that the gods listen. Okay, this is a test for me. These things are for me, okay, the Lord God, and they are for you if you please. Okay. This is understanding Plato. You talk about understanding Plato. This is understanding Plato. What's going on? Remember they asked me the question earlier in the gorgeous uh dialogue? Do you understand? Do you see what's going on? This is not a mistake on uh Socrates' part. This is deliberately put so. Okay? And I am to see it just like you are to see it. Okay, moving on. But what I speak about Plato, the things I speak of Plato, no one else talks about. No one else mentions. They were dead to those people. I'm talking about philosophers as well. Now, The singer's enumerate says, gorgeous, the goods of life, first health, beauty, next. First health, beauty, next. Thirdly, as the writer of the song says, wealth, honesty, attain, obtain. Let me read that again. As the writer of the song says, wealth, honesty, obtain. There's a mistake there. The, the, uh, Plato meant to write, and this is done on purpose. Remember that. This is done on purpose. The gods want you to catch this because they intended to write. Let me put it in those words, okay? As the writer of the song says, wealth honestly obtained. But what is written is wealth honesty obtained. These things are to draw your attention, catch your attention, capture your attention, and aid you in causing you to be more attentive to the things that you are reading. So here we we have an example of, say, let me call it a mistake followed by a mistake followed by a mistake, all right here in the same cluster. 
Those things are done on purpose. And my purpose is to catch them, correct them. Okay? Now, 41, Plato says in uh, Gorgeous, I know the song, but what is your drift? Yes, relating to the uh, preceding statement, my drift is Plato meant honestly, but he wrote honesty. That's my drift. But it was all done on purpose. Now, let me just read these other statements, okay? You get what's going on. I've given you enough so you can understand what is going on. Number 42, gorgeous. And when I ask, who are you? That's what Gorgeous said. We've answered that. You notice, as I said earlier, that the thing of asking and asking and answering keeps coming up. And when I ask, who are you? Well, I've told you who I am, and I've been exact. Number 43, what do you mean? Number 43, must be 44. Let's discount, let's uh, let's delete 43 here, what do you mean, and go to 43, which says, who are you, honest friend, and what is your business? He's repeating himself, isn't he? Because that has been asked already. And number 44, answer us. That has been answered already. 45, if there were, if there, let me read it. If there ever was a man who entered on the discussion of a matter from a pure love of knowing the matter, I am such a one. And I should say the same of you. He's he's speaking to the Lord God. Let it's like it's about two or three things in this. And I have to say it. I have to take time. So I know I'm not gonna do the hundred and one statement. That's not gonna happen in this episode. Okay, Plato says in Gorgeous, if there ever was a man who entered on the discussion of a matter. Let's stop right there. The Bible says, okay, let me read the whole statement. If there ever was a man who entered on the discussion of a matter from a pure love of knowing the truth, I am such a one, and I should say the same of you. Plato says this. Well, I say this. Plato in that statement counts me as a lover of knowing the truth. Let me say that again. Plato in that statement, when he said, and I should say the same of you, a pure love of knowing the truth, I am such a one, and I should say the same of you. Plato considers me to be a lover of knowing the truth. Then uh, there's a statement, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, which says, we are laborers together with God. Notice that we, the gods, sometimes speak using I, and they sometimes speak using we, or us, or our. The term Plato is not representative of just one individual but many. 
So the gods are laborers to get, the gods are laborers together with God. That means being interpreted. The gods are laborers, to, laborers together with the Lord God, Tommy O'Hart. John 4, verse 38 says, other men labored. Now, let me go back to Plato, what Gorgias said. If there ever was a man who entered on the discussion of a matter, John 4, 38 says, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Those statements go together. They are in agreement. Because I've done that. Plato says in Gorgeous, a man who entered on the conversation of a matter, I've entered on or entered into the uh, labors, labors of the other gods. I have entered, according to Gorgeous, I have entered on the discussion of, he says, a matter, but I've really entered into the discussions of many matters. Okay? And from a pure love of knowing the truth, remember the art. Remember the work. Knowing the truth, professing and teaching the truth. Wow. The gods say, we are such a one. And they say to me, and I should say the same of you. Number 46. What is coming, Socrates? But the question is to me. The Bible says, the King James Bible says, the Lord God will come. That's one thing that was to come, and it has come. Now, the Bible says, like Gorgeous says, what is coming? The Bible says he will show you things to come. But the things to come have already happened, and he's showing you what has happened. But what has happened was predicted to come before the actual event because that's what predict is, to say something or predict something before the actual event. Okay, now, and then John 16, verse 13 says, the spirit of truth has come. Speaking of the Lord God, Tommy O'Hart. And go back to the definition of spirit that I gave you three, maybe four episodes ago. Now, so Gorgeous speaks of what is coming, things to come. The Bible speaks of things to come. And the Lord God, Tommy O'Hart, shows you things that have come, things that have already come, that before they were to come, and now they are come. They have come. 47 Gorgeous says, I will tell you, I am very aware that do not know what. Now, here's another one of those statements. Gorgeous says, I am very well aware that do not know what. The statement as such does not make sense. Now, it would make sense if, if we add something. Remember, I, I read the little short thing that says, I can add, okay, here. 
I am gorgeous. I am very aware that do not know what. I say it can be. I am very aware of those that do not know what. According to you is the exact nature or what are the topics of that persuasion of which you speak. But that's many words, isn't it? The thing uh, that should, that we should capture from this is that Plato, the God, left out a word. They left out one or more words, okay, so that the statement as written does not make sense. I am very well aware that do not know what. So I said, I put in, I I inserted, I am very well, very well aware that they do not know what, according to you, is the exact nature of what are the topics of that persuasion of which you speak. So we have another one there, and it's done on purpose. It's not a mistake. It's not a lapse in memory. They forgot what they were doing. They forgot what they were trying to say. No, they didn't do that. That's done on purpose. As is my purpose, uh, is my duty to capture that. And these things help me when I'm writing. You see what I'm saying? They help. They are helpful things to me to uh, really consider my writings. What am I saying? Going over what I said. But also, being human beings, human beings do make mistakes, being aware of that as well. But you try to make as as least as possible, as few as possible. Okay. So these things are helpful. They they can help me. They can help you, whoever you are. Because in writing, it's so easy to make a mistake. It's so easy to leave out a word that should be there. It's easy to do. And editors do not catch every single thing. Okay? Now, let's move on. Forty-eight. Gorgeous says, "Set forth the truth." Whose duty is that to do? That is the Lord, Lord God's duty to set forth the truth, which I do. And the truth is set forth for you in Lawmaster Archives or Archive. Okay, set forth the truth. The Bible says, "Even speak the truth, obey the truth." It says, the King James Bible, set forth the truth, speak the truth, obey the truth. But then there's one more thing that the Bible says that, that I can recall from the top of my head about truth. It gives a command. It's another commandment. It says, by the truth. B-U-Y, by. By the truth, speak the truth, and so on. Set forth the truth, speak the truth, buy the truth, teach the truth, pass the truth on, all those things. Remember that. And at the end of this program, do go to 
uh, Amazon.com and order from my list of books. From my book list, you'll find the book having to do with gorgeous and the King James Bible content there. Purchase that book. Now, these things, what I'm speaking on coming from gorgeous now, are not in that book, okay? But, okay, let's move on. We don't want to get stuck. Set forth the truth. 49. Gorgeous says, now I was it to know about rhetoric in the same way. Look what Plato says here in Gorgeous. He says, now I was it to know about rhetoric in the same way. We have another example here. Something is left, something is obviously left out. Listen, Gorgeous says, now I was it to know about rhetoric in the same way. Now, he could have left out the word how. It could read, now I was. No, let's put what I uh, put what I have written here. It could be now I was want to know, or I was wanting to know about rhetoric in the same way. Now I was wanting to know about rhetoric in the same way. Now it could, that could pass, okay? That definitely could pass. But what is written? does not pass. What is written, he said, now I was it to know about rhetoric in the same way. And it could have, he could have meant, been trying to write, now how was I to know about rhetoric in the same way? So any one of those two. Now I want to know about rhetoric in the same way or now, how was I to know about rhetoric in the same way? So the same thing applies here. The gods were thinking of one thing, and they wrote another one. They wrote another. Okay, They left out a word or two. One thing is obvious. They left out one or more words. Okay, So that the, set, the statement as written does not make sense. And I brought that to your attention, but I, I think everyone could see that. Uh, these are things that are that, that are obvious, okay? Obvious, and I think the guys wanted them to be obvious things that would that would capture your mind and say, "Wow, that doesn't make sense." And you go back and read it again, and you say, "No, that doesn't make sense. Something is left out. Something is missing." Okay, let's move on. Number fifty. Out of 101, I have reached number 50. Gorgeous says, does he who teaches anything persuade men of that which he teaches or not?
ask a question. Second Corinthians chapter five verse eleven says, "We persuade men." Let me read this, read those two again, so you can see the relationship there. Gorgeous says, "Does he who teaches anything persuade men?" The Bible says, Second Corinthians five eleven, "We persuade men." Number 51, Gorgeous says, persuade us of them. I wrote down, no, he wrote, uh, Gorgeous goes on to say, develop your own views in your own way. Persuade us, develop your own views in your own way. Isn't that something? That's instructional. Instructional. Be creative. Think. Be creative. Think. Do your thing. Don't try to do somebody else's thing. Copycat. Okay, let's move on. Sister 2, Gorgeous says, I would not have you wonder if by and by I am afraid, no, if by and by I am found repeating a a seemingly plain question. He is also found, what, repeating a same type of error, isn't he? And I'm pretty sure that was in the minds of the gods when they wrote these things. Yes, you can see that they they speak about asking and questions and all and answers. They speak about that. It's a theme. But also the statements seem to be a theme. Because once we started, we haven't left them. Once we got got the first one, we haven't stopped running up on them. Repeating, repetition. There's a statement in the Bible in the book of Matthew that says something to this respect. They think by their much speaking, they will be heard. Hmm. Pretty good. Say something enough, maybe somebody will hear it. If you want it to be heard. Okay. Chapter 3. And is the having learned the same having believed? I'll stop there because a word is missing there. Gorgeous said, and is the having learned the same having believed. I think we would say, and is the having learned the same as having believed? That's what the statement is asking, or the question is asking. Okay? So there's another one. It's intentional on the writer's part. It's intentional. But we are catching them, aren't we? 
we're calling them out. Why? Because we are paying attention. That's why. We're not just reading words and moving on. We are paying attention. And that is what the King James Bible calls for. Be attentive. Hear. Listen. Focus. Search. Okay. Okay. I think I've got to end here since I know I won't get the 101, the 101 statements in. End here and probably hope to come back and finish it off. Okay? So these things teach us things. These things also show a strong, visible, close relationship between this gorgeous dialogue and King James Bible content. And as I pointed out, there are things we all can learn from. We all can learn. And uh, we get a better sense of the dialogue. We actually see what the dialogue is talking about. We see who is actually being addressed, and that person is the Lord God, Camille Hart. Uh, we see that the king that the statements in Gorgeous have comparable statements in in the King James Bible that they are in agreement, and that. They both teach us things, okay? But the big thing, the caveat is pay attention. Pay attention to what you're doing. And in the study of Bible content, great attention is called for. Great attention. You can't just gloss over something. You don't get understanding just by reading over words. The closeness, the relationship between King James Bible content and the, the gorgeous episode, uh, the gorgeous dialogue, that's very important. So, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Always make Lawmaster Archives your dwelling place. And do go after you hang up uh, to Amazon.com, get my uh, get my book list, and order the episode. Gorgeous! It's a wonderful episode. Wonderful episode. Okay. And see how sharp you are. Matter of fact, it teaches a, it, it deals. It, you have to do some work, but it's real simple work. Okay. It just it just calls for looking and paying attention. Just just what these things and gorgeous and the King James Bible content, you know, have shown us. Be attentive. You know, what do you see? Be attentive. Be as, be as exact as you can. All right. Do that. Do those things. 
and join me next time. Wow. 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 